Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is November 11th, 2022, and our first story The current trends predict Carrie Lake will pull ahead and win in Arizona, but it is very close, too close to call. And despite the fact that there are these trends, some are saying we just don't know exactly how it will play out. She may actually lose. In our next story, Donald Trump claims that he sent in the FBI to stop the theft in 2018 from Ron DeSantis, and the left claims that's interference and they want an investigation. Okay, if stopping voter fraud with the police and law enforcement is considered fraud, then uh, this country is doomed. And in our last segment, Elon Musk says Twitter may actually go out of business unless they can make more money. If you like the show, give us a good review and leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Tell them about it. Now, let's get into that first story. The midterms are not over. And right now, it's looking pretty good for Republicans. They're expected to win the House. They may have potentially up to 221 seats, but we will see. We're still waiting for many votes to come in. Some Republicans that look like they're winning now are slowly starting to lose, as per the red mirage, they claim. And there's some weird goings on in Arizona and Nevada. In Arizona, they're saying they're not going to have the results until sometime next week. In Nevada, the live stream cams of the vote count shut down. And then overnight, they announced the Democrat took the lead. Of course, this is many people screaming foul play is afoot. And right now, everything actually looks like it's procedural. The Kerry Lake situation in Arizona, while many people are upset about the way the vote is being counted, I must remind all of you that if we stopped counting the ballots on Election Day, Kerry Lake was down. And she is still down quite a bit, around 26,000 votes, I believe. But according to the remaining ballots that are, that are in, where they came from, and expert predictions, they lean towards projecting Carrie Lake to win. I know that sounds like a, like a lot of good news to everybody, uh, to everybody who likes Carrie Lake, but it's not confirmed. I believe Carrie Lake was actually closer in uh, the vote count. And then as more votes came in, she actually started losing. uh, uh, Katie Hobbs started gaining actually her lead. However, what they're saying over at AZ Central is despite the fact the vote count is very, very slow, 
It still does look like many of the remaining ballots are going to favor Kerry Lake because they're late absentee drop offs, which favor Republicans. They say that if voting trends continue in the same way we saw in 2020, which is it, it is, then Kerry Lake may actually pull into the lead and end up winning this. Lake, of course, said she is 100 percent confident that she will be the next governor. I certainly hope so. So she can clean up these problems in Arizona. It makes no sense that it's taking this long to count the vote. Now, of course, many people are, are saying they believe this is foul play. But I'll stress, a bunch of votes came in and it was favoring Hobbs. And now the remaining ballots may actually end up favoring Kerry Lake. We don't know for sure. She is currently down. She may lose. I don't know. I am telling you legitimately, like, you know, I was thinking about this titling the segment saying Carrie Lake is slightly uh, favored to win in Arizona. And, and, and she may lose. She may lose. But that's actually what AZ Central is saying. They go on to mention that despite the fact it does look like she is favored to still win, many people are hesitant to make that prediction because 2020 changed everything. The Democrats have expanded universal mail-in voting. And now they're saying youth voter turnout is through the roof. Yeah, well, there's a couple reasons for that. One, Joe Biden promised a bunch of money he wasn't legally allowed to promise. And now that's being rescinded. But sure, a bunch of young college kids, college age people probably said, I would like my student loans forgiven. And they were duped. I don't blame them for being duped, but they were duped. A judge said, unconstitutional, can't do it. No money for you. But the other reason is that with universal mail-in voting, it's extremely easy for parents to go to their kids and say, just fill it out, whatever. And people who normally don't want to vote and don't care about voting are now voting. Democrats rely on that. It's unfortunate. The easiest way to understand it, Ben Shapiro, he said, facts don't care about your feelings. Boy, is that a Republican perspective, because for Democrats, feelings don't care about your facts. And that's the reality. You can tell them everything in the world. They just want to win. They want to feel good. The challenge for Donald Trump is that he may give some people that catharsis of revenge, but he certainly doesn't make suburban housewives feel good. It's tough. I don't know what's going to happen come 2024, but for the time being, there's a lot of concerns about what's currently happening. Now, the good news is Lauren Boebert has taken the lead. She's also projected to win, but we will see. And either way, the current voting data shows Republicans are likely, in, in all likelihood, 80 some odd, 90 some odd percent chance of taking the House. And that's the best they really could have hoped for. But we have one op-ed from the New York Post saying the good news is this, this uh, red trickle, whatever you want to call it, shows the Republicans are improving, Ron DeSantis especially. The Democrats, they got nobody. The problem among Republicans right now is they have too many star players. They're saying, oh, Trump and DeSantis are fighting. Sure, I guess. But the Democrats don't have any. Abrams and Beto lost again. Their biggest names are losers who keep losing. We will see. But let's uh, read the news. Before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member in order to support our work. As a member, you'll get access to exclusive uncensored members only shows, the Timcast IRL podcast, as well as Tales from the Inverted World and the Cast Castle vlog. You'll also be supporting all of our journalists who are writing news every day like this one. Elise Stefanik, first GOP member to endorse Trump for 2024. We could really use your support. And uh, also, I recommend going to Timcast.com and picking up the news and reading there if you uh, want good, fair and accurate reporting. We try our best. Don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. And as I said, become a member at TimCast.com. Here's the story from AZ Central updated just a couple of hours ago. 
Katie Hobbs grows lead over Carrie Lake in Arizona governor's race. Who will win the remaining votes? Now, of course, I perhaps am biased. I bet there's a Democrat who could come out and say Katie Hobbs is in the lead. It's too much. She's likely going to win, but we don't know. I think it would be a fair opinion if someone wanted to believe that. I read the article from AZ Central, and as much as I would rather have Carrie Lake win, they actually do say if trends continue as it looks like they are, Carrie Lake will win. That's the important thing, my friends. It's I have no idea. I have no idea. This is what they reported, right? Right now, Hobbs is up some, you know, 26, 27,000 votes. Not good for Carrie Lake. It's like 1.4%. That's, that's, that's hefty. They go on to say, Katie Hobbs, Arizona's Democratic nominee for governor, saw slight growth in her advantage over Republican challenger Thursday. Though the number of votes left to count was so significant, it promised further seesawing in the race's margins. One big outstanding question is whom those remaining votes will favor, which is somewhat unpredictable in the purple state. In 2020, they favored Republicans. But in 2018, they propelled Democrats, including Hobbs, to razor thin statewide victories. It could take days or longer to know the answer. And why? Seriously, why? Now, the one thing I'm not going to entertain, uh, many people have said Katie Hobbs, secretary of state, she's overseeing the election that she's in. How is this possible? And my response is, so was Brian Kemp. That was 2018 in Georgia. And he was running against Stacey Abrams. And everyone said, how is it possible? Well, that's the reality. You can't pick and choose if you're upset. I think it's a problem. I think it's a problem both directions. Sure. But it is what it is. So recognize Republicans did it. I'll tell you this, though. The MAGA crowd doesn't like Brian Kemp anyway. So they're probably just going to rag on all of it. Here we go. Hobbs, the secretary of state and former lawmaker, saw a large lead of more than 180,000 votes when initial counts were posted Tuesday night. That dwindled to a few thousand over GOP challenger and former television news anchor Carrie Lake early Wednesday morning, but widened slightly later that evening. She widened the gap by Thursday evening to just over one percentage point. As counties continued reporting early vote counts, including a big batch in Maricopa County, the race's margin, at least for now, proves right, uh, proves right the political forecasters who called the race a toss-up. Over 2 million votes cast by Arizonans already were counted, and more than 580,000 are left to tally. 550,000 are currently remaining. This is bigger than what we saw yesterday. Yesterday, they reported 275,000. Here's good news, though. Here's what AZ Central is saying. If voting patterns from 2020 hold, and there are signs they will, given Lake's strong support among voters who cast ballots in person on Election Day, she could surge into the lead as remaining ballots that were dropped off Tuesday are counted. But some political observers are hesitant to assume that, noting that 2020 upended voting patterns and amid unprecedented circumstances, namely fears around voting during the COVID-19 pandemic and Donald Trump's sowing of distrust in the election systems. I will pause and I'll explain to you why they say it's taking so long to count. Now, when you have a bunch of different counties and everybody goes in and votes in person, there are small voting areas that can count the ballots very quickly and then send the results upward. It's decentralized. But when you have several hundred thousand people deliver all of their ballots at once into one county, there's now one location having to go through all of those ballots. It's a stupid way to do things. There are other problems for sure. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? With more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., they have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. 
Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Quote, or actually, let's read this before the quote. Reading tea leaves based entirely on the election two years ago also may ignore a decade of history before it said Tony Connie, a Democratic consultant who worked on Biden's successful 2020 campaign. Like 2020, this race could offer its own surprises, too. That's right. Quote, I think the question is, are these late earlies going to be more like 2020 or more like 2018? There's all the assumptions people are making about the timing of this, and I just don't think we can make those assumptions. Late early ballots generally refer to ballots dropped off on election day or received by election officials in the days immediately prior. Basically, people are given absentee ballots because of the stupid universal mail-in voting system. They fill them out, but they don't want them going through the post office because they don't trust it. They then bring these in person and drop them off, and then they all have to be counted, and there's hundreds of thousands of them. In 2020, those ballots broke in favor of Trump, though they ultimately weren't enough to overcome Biden's lead. In the U.S. Senate race that year, Democrat Kirsten Sinema initially trailed GOP rival Martha McSally, in election night counts, the suspenseful days that followed saw the candidates in exchanging leads until those early ballots that were counted and ultimately pushed Cinema, the Democrat, to victory. It may actually be, my friends, that Kerry Lake will have this in the bag. We don't know for sure. I wouldn't say I want to say don't get your hopes too, too uh, don't get them up too much. But it looks like the trends are continuing 2020, which signifies signals a Kerry Lake victory. We will see. She could lose. We don't know. They're just saying for these reasons, it favors Carrie Lake. Arizona election officials to count votes until early next week. How amazing is this? Why could they not just get it done? Why is it that in Florida they get it done right away? It's because Ron DeSantis made the elections right. And CNN is claiming he rigged the system. He gamed the system. He made it harder to vote by mail. It should be harder to vote by mail. Votes are precious. It needs to be a precious thing. You go in with a smile on your face and you pull the lever. You don't get a piece of mail and then just rubber stamp it and throw it back in the box. That opens the door to people who don't care to vote voting. If you don't want to vote, you shouldn't vote. The Democrats need disinterested and uninformed voters to win. Take a look at Florida. When people want to vote and they do, turns out Republicans win. Republicans campaign on intellectual consistency, not always, especially not Trump. That's why a lot of people liked him. But the Republicans think facts don't care about your feelings, that if I can prove my point, I will earn your vote. Sorry, that's just not the way it actually works. Not for Democrats, at least it works for Republicans. Democrats are like, I hate, I fear. Of course, they will claim that it's the Republicans of the party of hate and fear. But that makes no sense considering Ben Shapiro is the facts don't care about your feelings guy and is one of the most prominent conservatives. So we're going to wait until early next week. That's insane. 
Arizona's election may not be decided for days. Over 300,000 ballots left to be counted in Maricopa County. Well, I believe it's actually more than this is from today. We saw over on this other source, this is 12 News. When we look to AZ Central, they're saying it's more than that. So here's what they're saying over at 12 News. They say 78,869 ballots on Thursday night uh, updated in Maricopa County, which included early ballots received by the county Saturday, Sunday, and most of Monday. The county officials say there are still over 300,000 outstanding ballots. Over, uh, and that includes a, a record setting 290,000 early ballots dropped off on Election Day. Again, those tend to favor the Republican. The, the goalposts have changed. Mar- Maricopa County officials no longer expect 95 to 99% completion by Friday. Amazing. It's just insane. I, I don't know. They, see, this is the issue. I read yesterday they said 275,000. Now they're saying uh, 550 at AC Central. Now 12 News is saying it's going to be some other number. Okay. Look, all I can really say is we'll see. We pull up the current election data from Reuters, updated 3.01 p.m. We'll go to the governor's section, Arizona. Carrie Lake is currently down about 20, just shy of 27,000 votes. Only 79% reported. So nail biter, my friends, we will see. We will see. But what's going on with, with our friends over in Nevada? Well, Joe Lombardo, the Republican, is currently leading and it's looking really good for him. So this may flip from Democrat to Republican. But in the Senate, we don't know for sure. Adam Laxalt is currently only up around 9,000 votes. And there's some interesting new data coming in. In a story that's rightly pissed off many Republicans, Washoe County ballot counting live stream goes down overnight. Well, shucks. The cameras that were keeping everybody honest were disabled. All of them. All at once. Strange. And it looks like the timestamp is still there. So it wasn't a broadcast issue. It was a camera issue simultaneously. Hmm. They say the live stream, which catch, captures four angles of ballot counting in Washu County, went down Wednesday night into Thursday morning. The county said the live stream computer application lost connection at 11.24 p.m. on November 9th. Spokeswoman Bethany Drysdale said all staff had gone home for the night about an hour prior to the disconnection. Staff did not return to the office until 7 a.m. on Thursday, and connection was restored at 7.53 a.m. I hope you guys had poll watchers outside the building. The county said the cameras are connected to a computer application designed for live stream events, and they intermittently lose connection with the application. The same issue happened on election night when one camera went dark, required staff to restore it. The county reiterated that cameras are not security or surveillance grade. Well, I'll tell you this. It happens. You know, uh, we have Chicken City. If you've watched it, maybe chickens doing chicken stuff and chicken parties. And sometimes the cameras go down. You know, but I got I to gotta tell you, we, we go for days on end without any live stream issues. And we are but humble chicken streamers. They couldn't get the election right. Now, here's what's got everybody so pissed. Washu County's cameras go down. And then we have this from Dave Weigel. Tonight's ballots from Washu County published, uh, pushed Democrat Cisco Aguilar into a lead over GOP Secretary of State candidate Jim Marchant, which will hold. If Fincham loses an AZ down by 109,000 votes right now, every America First Secretary of State candidate will have lost. I'll stress that again. Tonight's ballots from Washu County pushed Democrat Cisco Aguilar into the lead. Now, It's 11 p.m. November 10th. The cameras went down on November 9th. So they say 
at 11 p.m., 11.24 p.m. on November 9th. So this is the night prior. 24 hours after this, Dave Weigel said that the, the Democrat is now up. People are upset because they don't know what happened when the cameras went down. And there's all sorts of craziness and shenanigans. All I know is the cameras went down and people have lost confidence because of it. What do you do? I don't know. I really don't know. People, of course, are going to claim this is evidence of fraud. I would say it's not evidence of fraud. It's evidence of the possibility of untoward actions. The cameras went down. Votes are often counted without cameras. I mean, most of the precincts and counties across this country, the vote counting wasn't filmed. Or I should say nobody was watching it. The only reason people know about this is because it happened. For all you know, people are doing whatever they want to do in plain view. There's this viral image showing someone dropping off ballots with no license plate. And Democrats are calling it a conspiracy theory and blurred out the plate, despite there not being one, to make it seem like there was. It's, it's really weird. Here's what I want to get you. Here's what I want to get you to understand. They want you to believe it's all a fraud. They want you to push the fraud narrative because it doesn't win elections. And the reality is it's procedure. Sonny Hostin on The View admitted to committing voter fraud. By all means, you can offer up excuses and say she didn't really mean what she said, but she said she voted for her son. She didn't say she dropped off a ballot for her son, said she voted for him. That's that's what she said. She voted for him. Now, of course, she maybe meant something else. I don't know. I'm not saying she did commit fraud. I'm saying she said she committed fraud. It's amazing. If you keep believing that fraud is the problem and you don't tackle the policy and procedural changes, you'll lose. In Florida, Ron DeSantis cleaned up the voter rolls, arrested those committing fraud and made it harder to vote by mail. And he wins in a landslide. That's the reality. Democrats, of of course, will call that rigging the system. That's what Anna Navarro is doing. But arresting people for fraud and making sure that people have to go and actually vote themselves. Yeah, that's called um, cleaning things up. But they don't want to hand, they, they don't like that. What the Democrats like is uninformed, low information voters, which brings me to the sad, sad story of the young voters who are misinformed, uninformed or malinformed, and they were manipulated. Disinformed, perhaps. NPR reports a federal judge calls student loan relief unlawful, deepening limbo for borrowers. That's right. Canceled that free money. That viral video where it was like cash in your pocket. Joe Biden's going to give you cash. They were going around asking young people, what are you going to do with the $10,000 that Joe Biden gives you? And they're like, man, I'm going to go on vacation, party and have some drinks. Did you really think they were going to give you money? It's insane. And it's the funny thing. The Republicans who come out arguing they shouldn't do it. Republicans, you should have argued laughing, saying, yeah, 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 go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Believe that they're going to give you the money. President Biden's plan to erase federal student loan debt for tens of millions of borrows hit a legal wall Thursday when a U.S. district court judge in Texas called it unlawful and vacated the debt relief program. Mm. So no money for you. I saw this uh, post on Reddit and they said something like, y'all literally won't go vote for the guy who's going to give you cash and legalize marijuana. And they showed a news story saying something like Biden pardons marijuana, you know, possession or whatever. He pardoned no one, literally no person who was in prison, was released because of anything he had to do. Now, sure, there's some people who who got released that can claim, you know, they no longer have a sentence uh, lingering over their head. But it was zero people who who were released from prison because of this. So he did nothing. And the $10,000 he offered, it was a gag. It was an absolute gag. 
In Thursday's ruling, Judge Mark T. Pittman, who was appointed by Trump, wrote the program was a complete usurpation of congressional authority by the executive branch. And we all knew this. Here you go, my friends. NPR says turnout among young voters was the second highest for a midterm in the past 30 years, and for several reasons. The first and most important is universal mail-in voting. We've heard reports, uh, anecdotal evidence, uh, which is not much, where people said they know individuals who voted for their kids. We heard Sonny Hostin actually say she did. And I warned about this two years ago with universal mail-in voting, that mom and dad are going to go to their kids, mostly mom, and she's going to say, before we go out to eat or whatever, thanks for visiting kids, fill out your absentee ballots. I got them for you. I submitted. And they're going to be like, okay, whatever, I guess. Who am I voting for? Just vote Democrat. Okay, sure, fine, whatever. Boom. How do you get young voters who don't care to turn out to vote? Bring the vote to them. The only problem is if you don't want to vote, why are you voting? Do you know who you're voting for or why? No. You know, I've told this before. When I was 18, I was asked to go vote by my family. And I was like, okay, sure. They were like, come over. We're going to grab dinner. And then we're going to go vote. Or we're going to vote and then go grab dinner. And I was like, free food. I, I, I think I was like 18 or 19 or something. I can't remember. And I showed up and they were like, we're going to walk down, vote, and then walk to the restaurant. It's amazing. That's how they got me. And I said, who am I voting for? I said, just vote Democrat across the board. And it was funny. It was Chicago. I was like, what's the point? But I didn't know anything back then. I was just like, sure. And I went and I just voted for the Democrats. And I was like, cool. I had no idea what I was voting for or why. And uh, I should not have. I should not have voted. I know that now that I'm older. And that's maybe why they say that when you get older, you vote Republican or whatever. Republicans think facts don't care about your feelings and they want to campaign on logic. And the Democrats just say, just vote. Come on, just do it. You want to be cool, right? So the young voters come out. Congratulations. A special reminder to all of you. Never forget this moment. I remember my uh, Obama moment when it was like, we're going to end the wars. And I was like, OK, yeah, I'm, I'm down with ending the wars. Maybe it was a I don't think it was Obama who I voted for. I can't remember. Might have been in the midterms. But um, I remember when I voted for Obama thinking like this guy's going to end the wars. He's going to get our troops out of the Middle East. You know, that makes no sense to have them there. And then he went and started blowing up kids. Got to blow them up. Too many of them. That's what he said. He didn't literally say it like that, but he may as well have. And uh, and I felt manipulated and lied to and I got pissed. I don't like the Republican Party. Never have. They don't speak to me. But man, you come to me and you and you tell me all these you whisper these sweet nothings in my ears. And then you betray my trust. Welcome to the adult world of politics, my young friends. Maybe it was your first election. Maybe it was your second. But I hope you remember, they lied to you. They promised you cash. They never had the authority to give you the cash in the first place. It was a con, a grift. Please remember it. The good news for the conservatives, Lauren Boebert has taken the lead. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we jump over to the election results in the House. Here we go. Colorado's third. Lauren Boebert is up just over 1,000 votes with 99% reporting. It looks like it will be Lauren Boebert who wins. The last remaining votes that came in favored her. She's in the lead. There's barely any left. Yo, Adam Frisch, at this point, I think it's reasonable to concede. For Carrie Lake, there's still 21, 21% of the votes that have to come in. And, it, and it's projected that she's going to get it, that she's going to start increasing and proving. We will see. It may not be the case, but I'm hoping. And if she loses, it would be a bummer. But um, again, we don't know for sure. We'll see. Over in Colorado's eighth, it's a very, very tight race, just uh, shy of 2,000. 
And the Democrat is in the lead with 95% reporting. So it's looking like this is what we got. Bobert likely going to win. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. The Republican firebrand inched to victory over the former uh, member of Aspen City Council after assuring reporters Thursday that she's confident she would win. By mid-morning Friday, more than 95% of the votes were counted in her western Colorado district. She held 50.2% of the vote to Frisch's 49.8. The race has yet to be called. Boebert's knife-edge race caught election watchers by surprise. It's one of the starkest examples of Democrats outperforming expectations across the country, while Republicans promised red wave fizzled. Cities tend to be Democrat, even in West Virginia. Go up to Shepherdstown. They're small cities, college town, boom. It is fairly blue. You go to even Charlestown. And, and, and look, don't get me wrong. West Virginia is deep red. And a lot of these cities, they're small and they're, and they're relatively red. But they get much, much bluer. It was crazy. We went to central West Virginia, some tiny, tiny town. And there were pride flags in windows and all of that stuff. Cities are bluer, just the way it is. Lauren Boebert said, of course she'll win to reporters and ignored a question from Daily Mail about whether she supports Trump making a big announcement on November 15th, despite a subpar GOP performance in her race and others. Perhaps the reality is Donald Trump is right about there needing to be a cleanup of our election system. Now, maybe Trump is pulling a big ask. I don't know. But I certainly think that the fraud narrative is bad news for Republicans. It's not correct. It's uh, there's 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 some things you can say they, they get close to being right on and are right on. But to, for, across the board, the fraud narrative. No. It's a drag. It's an absolute drag. First of all, the average person who doesn't know is not going to vote based on a fraud narrative. Second, if they were if they really were playing games or cheating, why would they allow Republicans to make gains? Why would they allow Republicans to make gains now? The reality is Democrats changed the voting procedure, which benefited them to an extreme degree. And if you keep the focus up on this idea that China or other people are making fake ballots, you will lose. If you tackle the root problem, universal mail-in voting, then you will restore balance to our elections and Democrats will be forced to actually campaign on the issues. Katie Hobbs barely campaigned because they know their zealots can convince people to fill out a ballot who don't know, don't care, and will just do it. They can win off of ignorance. That's evil. Katie Hobbs and, 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 and in Arizona, I do not believe are fabricating ballots. What I believe is they can get low information voters through mail-in voting. So people say to me, 
You think Joe Biden actually got 80 million votes more than Obama, blah, blah, blah. Yes, I do. Do I think there are there is a, a untoward behavior? Of course there is. Have people tr- uh, committed fraud? Yes, Ron DeSantis arrested them. That's in the news. We know people play dirty games. We know that a whistleblower came forward and said they're paid money to harvest ballots in Florida. Now understand this. In many states, that's illegal. In 39 states, it is not. 39. Okay, well, I shouldn't shouldn't say that. In 13, 26 other states have restrictions on ballot harvesting, but do allow it to a certain degree. Democrats know universal mail-in voting will greatly benefit them because they can legally, in many places, start collecting and harvesting ballots. That is not fraud. It's procedure. You need to win. You want to know why I, I, I want Carrie Lake to win? She can do what Ron DeSantis did and clean up the voting process. What's happening in Arizona is an insane disaster. Should not be this way. The results should come in an election night, just like in Florida. Katie Hobbs is not going to want that. She, they, the Democrats benefit from low information voters. These are real voters. There are certainly questions. And I'll tell you, some of it may be fraud. But the overwhelming majority, the majority, the amount of ballots that actually secure the victories for Democrats, they're real votes and they're from ignorant people. That's what the Democrats have always relied on. That's why they want the voting age to be 16, because 16 year olds will be like, whatever you say, boss, 16 year olds live with their parents. So the parents will come in and be like, now that 16 year olds can vote, my kids will vote as I tell them to. That is a problem. Now, you may say, but Republicans have that advantage, too. It's true. And Republicans also have more kids. Good news, I guess. The issue is that ballot harvesting and get out the vote practices are way easier in dense urban populations that don't favor Republicans. I can say it 50 million times. So please, I hope I I hope you're paying attention to this. Matthew Iglesias makes this point. The wave originally referred not just to the idea of who won, but to a uniform national swing, something that became more and more common as media and politics were increasingly nationalized. This time we got a highly non-uniform swing. But Dems improved in the key states, the key states where they use universal mail-in voting. Now, one of the advantages, writes Douglas Murray, is the red trickle has an upside. The GOP can get better, but the Democrats won't. And you know what? I agree. Republicans have too many star players. Because of this fierce Republican competition, there is going to be a dramatic escalation in candidate quality. The Democrats, the inverse. Take a look at John Fetterman. Fetterman is so apocalyptically bad that he's a blessing in disguise for two reasons. Democrats will not seek to improve their candidates. Joe Biden said he will do nothing. He will change nothing. That's not a winning position for for Democrats. You need to fix your positions with Ron DeSantis winning by double digits, winning by 20 points. Every Republican in the nation is now going to take notice and say we need to be more like him. That competition shows If Donald Trump seeks to run for president and Ron DeSantis runs as well, the net benefit is that DeSantis will have that Trump will have no choice but to adopt a bit of what DeSantis is to improve. Otherwise, he can't win. Democrats have Fetterman. And now they've been talking about a Fetterman Biden 2024 or whatever. Please, please. The other reason Fetterman is a blessing. Think of all the memes over the next two years of this man, this poor man and his broken brain. It's going to make Democrats look busted. 
They have no reason to improve because they won with Fetterman. The procedure is their advantage. If Republicans can target the procedure and change the process and make it more secure, make sure that people who truly want to vote can and those who don't want to vote don't vote, they'll win. And the Democrats will have nothing. Informed voters know Fetterman was awful, but uninformed voters voted just because. Just because. I don't think we should we should function that way. I don't think our country should operate that way. So it's Friday. We'll see next week, I guess, if Carrie Lake wins. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. tonight over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Donald Trump being Donald Trump went on a tirade on Truth Social slamming Governor Ron DeSantis. And then he also had this post about how he got so many more votes. But in this tirade, the left is saying he admitted to election interference in 2018, and thus an investigation needs to be had. They want a DOJ probe. The Daily Mail reports Trump claims he sent in FBI to stop ballot theft in 2018, Florida governor race and help DeSantis win, sparking calls for DOJ probe as ex-president launches into scorched earth rant at rival. My friends, I would like to let you I would like to let you in on a secret. This is not Donald Trump slamming Ronda Sanders. No, I've figured it out. It is 12th dimensional chess. That's right. Donald Trump's d- dimension, interdimensional chess has become so powerful. He's actually surpassed M theory. You know, that is, I don't know, maybe it's a bit too esoteric. Anyway, I'm kidding. But uh, I take a look at what Donald Trump's doing with calling out Yunkin and calling out DeSantis. And I have to wonder. Now, saying he sent in the FBI is silly, weird nonsense that probably will result in nothing. But it is interesting that right now CNN has this clip where they basically say Ron DeSantis cheated. He gamed the system by arresting people who committed voter fraud. I kid you not. Maybe you saw it on IRL the other day, but let me play this clip for you so you can just laugh. I told you he was going to win bigly. Mm -hmm. But listen, Ron DeSantis. Okay, I'm sorry. I did this yesterday, but I have to do it again. She said, I told you he would win bigly. Did Donald Trump actually get them to start using the word bigly? Right wing memes, I got to tell you. But anyway, I told you he was going to win bigly. Mm -hmm. But listen, Ron DeSantis barely won in 2018 by 35,000 votes by the skin of his teeth against a black progressive little known mayor from Tallahassee, Florida. It didn't. Yesterday, he won by 20 percentage points. Why? Because he gained the system because he turned Florida into an unlevel playing field. Okay, wait. He turned Florida into an unlevel playing field. How? How did he turn Florida into an unlevel playing field? Changed election laws, making it harder to vote by mail. Made it harder to vote by mail. So you mean restoring the election integrity pre-COVID? It's, it's always supposed to have been that you vote in person, but you can still vote by mail. Carry on. They paraded uh, a bunch of people, black people, that they arrested for uh, voting fraud. Arresting people for voting fraud and letting everyone know that they're doing it. Okay, continue. And paraded them in front of national media. He mm-hmm. created an election police. So, uh, Anna Navarro, you're saying that Ron DeSantis made it harder to vote by mail. He then arrested people who committed fraud and told everyone if you commit fraud, you'll be arrested. And that's an unlevel playing field. Remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. And so when it goes to what Trump said about sending in the FBI, it has to make you wonder. 
If they're now coming out and saying Ron DeSantis only won because he arrested people for fraud and threatened to arrest more, that ain't the dig you think it is. I think it's more of an admission and kind of creepy, if you if you ask me. No, the reality is Ron DeSantis won because he's a good governor. Be- and that's how he was able to turn Tampa and Miami red. Come on. Gaming the system by, by arresting fraud. That's not how you gain 20 points. If he won by the skin of his teeth, he was a bad governor. He'd win by the skin of his teeth again. And then you can make an argument that he, oh, he shouldn't. Back in 2018, it is true. He barely won. And Donald Trump said that uh, I sent in the FBI and the U.S. attorneys and the ballot theft immediately ended. Now they're saying there should be a DOJ probe. These people don't get it, do they? Donald Trump did not say that they cheated. He said, we stopped people from cheating. And you're like, the the feds should investigate. Why weren't we allowed to cheat? Absolutely remarkable. It's kind of a a crazy thing to see. And, And I will reiterate this so you all understand. Democrats right now on CNN, I mean, Anna Navarro is former Republican or whatever, but CNN has a panel where they say stopping fraud made DeSantis win. In um, uh, uh, Daily Mail's reporting, the left right now, and it's all over Twitter, you can see it. They're saying Donald Trump saying he stopped voter fraud was interference that warrants an investigation. They are saying outright that they can only win. What? What a ridiculous thing to say. What an what a absolutely ridiculous thing to say. But you may have noticed that Donald Trump went off on Ron DeSantis. This is what uh, everyone's been talking about since yesterday. We talked about it yesterday on, on Timcast IRL. No, I'm going to tell you this. Donald Trump is not coming down on Ron DeSantis. He didn't actually criticize the guy at all. I mean, the worst thing that Donald Trump said about Ron DeSantis is that he's an average Republican governor with great PR. Wait, wait, hold on. What? So that's still a compliment. He's, he's an average guy, but he's got great PR. Well, OK, he didn't have to close his state, but he did. Oh, that's a dig, I guess, unlike other Republican governors whose overall numbers for Republican were just average, middle of the pack, including COVID. Did, did Trump come out and say he destroyed this, that or otherwise? Did he come out and say that Ron DeSantis can't do this, that or otherwise? He, he just basically said he's average and, and, you know, he's average. And he's calling him Ron DeSanctimonious. Is that really it? Now, you may argue, my friends, that Donald Trump has lost his mojo and that DeSanctimonious is the best he could do. Come on. He could have called Ron DeSantis a whole lot of things. He could have called him. Well, I'm not going to insult Ron DeSantis. I like Ron DeSantis, but come on. I bet you sitting at home can come up with a better insult or nickname for Ron DeSantis. Now, I don't know exactly. I think the simple answer to why he's doing this is because Donald Trump is an ego, is an egotist. He doesn't like the idea that someone else is rising in the ranks and is becoming more popular than him. He's now coming out and uh, coming after Glenn Youngkin in this post from uh, uh, Truth Social. And I think he's doing this because he's pushing back on the establishment. But Michael Knowles says, you have to admit it's an interesting take. Donald Trump says, Youngkin, now that's an interesting take, sounds Chinese, doesn't it? What? Okay, in Virginia, couldn't have won without me. I endorsed him, did a very big Trump rally for him telephonically, got MAGA to vote for him or he couldn't have come close to winning. But he knows that and admits it. Besides, having a hard time with the Dems in Virginia, but he'll get it done. Why is Trump saying that one? I think it's pretty obvious. They're claiming that Trump was a drag on the GOP and thus it's got to be DeSantis moving forward. Trump comes out and slams Ron, Ron DeSantis rather pathetically, I might add. And then comes out and says, hey, by the way, Youngkin did win. And I did a campaign with him, endorse him. 
It's an interesting take. I do not think Trump was a dragon on the party. I really, really don't. I don't think, I, I, I think DeSantis as a leader, 2024, probably would still do better. We will see. But I think the reason Democrats did so well, and we're currently waiting on a lot of the results, is universal mail-in voting, which is exactly what Ann Navarro pointed out. When Ron DeSantis said, you got to vote in person and you can't commit fraud, he won by 20 points. So hold on there a minute. Hold on, let's, 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 let's ask. Is the Democrats' position that when people who want to vote vote, Republicans win? That's kind of crazy, isn't it, if you think about it? People who want to vote, who get up and go vote, tend to vote Republican. So who are the Democrats' voter base? People who don't know, don't care, and are just pressured into voting? Yeah, that's crazy to me. You cannot run a country successfully if your voter block is just kind of like, oh, I don't know, whatever, I guess. Who am I voting for? That's insane. Now, maybe the only solution is that Republicans got to play the same game. Start going out, knocking on doors and getting people. There's 39 states that allow ballot harvesting. If you live in a state where it's legal to ballot harvest, if you live in a state where it's legal to go door to door, follow the law and get the votes. Do what Democrats do. You can't just sit back and be like, well, it's not fair. So no, no, no. You got to go play the same game. Now, once you win, you can change those rules and say enough. But let me tell you about the fourth dimensional chess, the 12th dimensional chess, I guess. Donald Trump, his degree of chess playing has become so powerful. He's reached the 12th dimension, surpassing M theory. Maybe maybe a bit too esoteric for that joke, but uh, take a look at this. Rick Wilson. Oh, you poor sad man. Do you guys know Rick Wilson? He was a Republican for a long time. And then he started the Lincoln Project. Or I don't know if he started it, but he's part of the Lincoln Project. And they said, we're going to restore this party to the party of Lincoln. And uh, then he started just going after all Republicans, no matter what. It's kind of funny, isn't it? They hate Trump. I get it. He tweeted, Ron DeSantis is the leading never Trump candidate in the nation. Nice try, dude. Stephen Miller says, yeah, man, this isn't going to work. And we are all here to tell you that you can live in Florida, but you can take your con and get effed. You're not coming through, uh, through, uh, back through that door. Enjoy your MSNBC hits. You earned them. The Lincoln Project is done. They're done. It's sad, really. You played a dirty game. You had no principles. You sided with people who will throw you in the trash. Congratulations. Here's the funny bit. You know, so I've been a moderate left-leaning individual for most of my adult life. When I was younger, I was more far left, uh, listened to punk rock, anarchist kind of stuff. Got older, I was, you know, kind of, kind of middle of the road, milk toast, as many would, many may say, centrist. And then with uh, Hillary Clinton and Trump, I didn't vote. Then in 2020, I said, you know what, I'm going to vote for Trump. I absolutely, because uh, just, he was just better than Joe Biden. Biden's a disaster. Here's the funny thing. If I come out, and say things like, uh, I don't want to vote for Trump in 2024. I think Ron DeSantis is better. The people who follow my show may insult me. Many of the Trump supporters may say, Tim, you're so dumb. But they keep watching. They just respond with criticism and disagreement. And the guests who come on my show, some are pro-Trump, some are, you know, they voted for him, but they prefer DeSantis. And uh, we'll talk about it. And we'll keep having conversations about it. Because the sad thing is for you, Rick Wilson, your side doesn't tolerate wrong think. The side of freedom recognizes that people disagree. And then we have conversations, we criticize each other, and then we continue watching the content and having conversations. I, I, I don't really fear 
that uh, uh, I will be canceled because I might say something like, well, you know, I think DeSantis is going to be better. Rick Wilson, you're a conservative. You'll either have to abandon all of your positions or end your career. That's the game. They're not going to have you come on and speak positively about Ron DeSantis. They're going to say you're a fascist. Good luck, I guess. But I can't see this guy coming back now after all the lying, cheating and stealing. But here we go. I want to play for you this video. I think it's really, really funny considering the context. It's 30 seconds long and it's from the Lincoln Project. So uh, I was cursed with having to watch it. So so shall you be. It's hard to watch, isn't it, Donald? Ron DeSantis betrayed you to become a star, raising millions by stealing your act. Winning straw polls and fans, they're running to Ron. And Ron's running against you. You made him and he betrayed you. He's laughing at you, running against you. He's taking everything from you. And by the time you fight back, it will be too late. Sad. I love this video. It's so hilarious. Uh, so basically what the Lincoln Project is saying, they this is from July and they were trying to piss off Donald Trump. They wanted Trump to come out and criticize Ron DeSantis to, so that DeSantis would lose. This is an attempt to smear Ron DeSantis and get Trump all hot and bothered. Trump did not take the bait. Just before the election, Trump did come out and say Ron DeSantis was desanctimonious, which was just like a confusing name that I don't even understand if it was s- supposed to be good or bad or whatever. But it didn't work. And, you know, we saw a 20 point major win for DeSantis. But now now Trump is coming out and slamming Ron DeSantis in what I would describe as a clever move. No, no, no I'm, I'm not completely serious. I'm half kidding. But think about this. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Trump comes out and says weird things about Yunkin. He comes out and he criticizes Ron DeSantis, but he criticized Ron DeSantis in a vague way. He didn't really say much. Now the Lincoln Project is defending Ron DeSantis. And there it is. Trump knows the game. Trump is not stupid. He may be egotistical. He may be arrogant. He may be brash. But I don't think Trump is stupid. So I have to wonder, is Trump coming out against Ron DeSantis so that the media is forced to defend DeSantis? I think so. I shouldn't say I think so. I think it's a possibility. I think the the real probability is that Trump is just He's got an ego. So, you know, he's going he's gonna to say these things. But um, what I think may happen, whether it's intentional or not, already the Lincoln Project is saying DeSantis is the never Trump candidate. They're going to try and get behind DeSantis and say, oh, well, we were always conservatives who didn't like Donald Trump. And here's our chance. Knowing that DeSantis is very popular, they're going to try and come back in. It ain't going to happen. DeSantis is MAGA. Now, you can argue that he's not the same as Trump. He doesn't have the gravitas of Trump and all that stuff. And he's not the king of MAGA. Fine. But Ron DeSantis is an, an, an America first populist candidate. He's done it all right. Now, I wonder, the establishment is supporting Ron DeSantis. Is he a wolf in sheep's clothing? I can't live that way. And I don't know if you could either. I mean, you can choose to vote whoever you want. But here's my point. 
You take a look at Donald Trump's track record. You take a look at Ron DeSantis' track record. And I say, that's the only thing I can do. I'm not going to vote on fear, paranoia, or conspiracy. I want to hear about Ron DeSantis' foreign policy, but I think he's got more tact than Donald Trump, and he's got a better track record. He doesn't really have that gravitas, though. I, I, can, I can respect that. But I wonder now if Donald Trump is forcing the media to come out to defend Ron DeSantis and Youngkin. Someone said, yeah, that's only true if Ron doesn't run. No, quite the contrary. Uh, if Don doesn't run, sorry. Someone said it's only true if Donald doesn't run for president. And I said, no, Donald Trump needs to run for president, slamming Ron DeSantis, forcing the media to get behind DeSantis. Then when Trump loses or bows out and says, you know, we had a great run. We get it. I'm going to throw my weight behind DeSantis. Then the media will go, oh, DeSantis is bad. Oh, too late. We will see. A lot of people are saying that DeSantis is an establishment shill and all that stuff. And I'm like, the only thing they have to go off for that is that establishment donors are getting behind DeSantis. I hear you. There is a fear that Ron DeSantis will owe favors to some really nasty people. Perhaps, perhaps. I I don't like that. But um, I don't know, man. Do you trust Ron DeSantis in the job that he's done? Do you think that he spent the last four years doing a tremendous job doing right by the people of Florida? just so that he could trick you into becoming president to stop Donald Trump. Yo, come on. I mean, look, there's a lot of there's a lot of weird things that happen in politics that are very, very dirty. But that's that's a bridge too far. That is too many coincidences, I would have to assume. Here's what I think. Ron DeSantis was a Freedom Caucus guy. He's a he's a liberty individualism guy. He's trying to do right by by the popular positions. He wants to be a good leader and he's done it. That's all I can really say. Maybe the reason he's, he's, he's catering to the establishment is that he knows, look, bad things are happening right now. The Democrats are a dangerous cult. You either side with me or you lose everything. And these establishment players are probably thinking, look, I may not like that he's a populist candidate, that he opposes some of these things, but it's better than losing all of my money, Right. If the Democrats keep winning, the system will collapse completely. The lockdowns were not good for many of these establishment players, and they know they can't just oppose Donald Trump. They need something substantive. So maybe it's a compromise. And I'll ask you guys, considering we've seen really, really good stuff from Ron DeSantis, would you would you argue that he would he would make a uh, not he would not make a good president? I'd argue he would make a great president. I think his track record in Florida has shown that. Carrie Lake, she's down. It's getting scary. They were suggesting yesterday that the absentee ballots would favor her. Now she's down around 27,000 votes and the, and, 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 the, and the count is coming in. So fingers crossed. We'll see. It's a nail biter, this one. Carrie Lake, some people have said should run for BP, VP, but I'm like, look, she's not had any chance to prove her ability to govern. She's deeply charismatic. She's smart, witty, and she has great policy positions that I agree with. But you've got to prove it. I'm not I'm not playing that stupid game that the Democrats play with Beto or Stacey Abrams. If you don't win, run again. Try again. I think if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Now, Beto, he's lost all these different positions. That's the thing. It's like, dude, if you're running for Senate, run for Senate. Prove yourself. Don't just try and run for a different position. You've got no no evidence. You're a good leader. DeSantis does have that. So moving to 2024, here's what I think. Donald Trump, wild card. And he may have been what we needed in 2016, but he won by 77,000 votes in three states against one of the most unpopular people this country has ever seen. 
In 2020, he did tremendously well, earning 12 million more votes. Now, that's impressive. Very, very impressive. 2024 is going to be something unique and insane. Trump may be able to muster up big votes and they may be scared. They may be wanting to stop him. But I wonder if Ron DeSantis is just the better option simply because he may not be the revenge you wanted, the catharsis you so desire. But Ron DeSantis wins. I'm thinking, based on what we see in Florida, that Ron wins handily for president. He's got a a great potential first lady, very smart, with her her finger on the pulse of, uh, of of the culture wars. If you want to end CRT, if you want to end this weird gender stuff, if you want to see better gas prices, if you want to see a better economy, I'm saying I think Ron DeSantis is it. And I will even add on to this. Donald Trump started the lockdowns. That was his policy. Donald Trump put Fauci in. Donald Trump, Operation Warp Speed. Ron DeSantis rejected it all. So you can argue that he's an establishment shill, but I push back and say Donald Trump had more establishment players than DeSantis does. Look, I'm not saying Trump's wrong for the job. Maybe. I've had a lot of good friends say, Tim, you're wrong. Trump has to finish out the arc. Okay. We'll see in the primary. But I wonder, I wonder, there's a possibility that even Trump understands DeSantis is his best bet. Trump, Joe Biden came out and said he would use all of the legitimate constitutional authority he had to make sure that Trump could never take power again. Trump knows they're coming after him. I wonder if he's saying DeSantis wins. And I'm safe. MAGA persists. The country does better. It's the best we can do. The question is, is Donald Trump as narcissistic as everyone says he is? Or is he smart and understands the vision that people have, a perspective they have of him? If Trump really is a smart guy, then what's really happening is he's setting himself up against DeSantis to force the media to defend DeSantis. And then his guy wins. Don't forget it. Trump helped DeSantis win. You know, I saw that, that, that post he, he made on uh, Truth Social and that email he sent out. And I was like, imagine if Trump came out and says, I, it is an honor and a privilege to know that someone I deeply supported and believed in has won so handily. Ron DeSantis's victory shows that the, the people I've supported, you know, Trump could have come out and said 200 and some odd candidates that I endorsed have won. Only a small handful lost. And I am proud to say that Ron DeSantis, a man I supported and voted for and endorsed, has now proven that the things we believe in are things that the people of this country deeply want. He could have said something like that. And then he could have taken credit. But what would that have accomplished? He'd feel good. Everyone would be like, oh, Donald, you're so great. And then the media would be like DeSantis is Trump 2.0. He comes out and says DeSantis is wrong. And now they're like, oh, Ron DeSantis is the never Trumper candidate. They're walking right into a trap. So I wonder. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. This morning when I signed on to Twitter, I noticed that images in my timeline were all low res, low resolution. And uh, I was confused, but I couldn't read it. And then I clicked it, and it cleared up instantly, and I went, whoa. At first, I thought someone had uploaded low res images, and for some reason, a couple people did. And I was like, I can't read that. And then when I clicked it, I realized it just wasn't loading beyond a low res preview, which is a cost cutting measure. Anybody who knows anything about websites, you know, you want to limit the amount of data that you're expending. So previews default at a lower res. 
For us over at TimCast.com, become a member today to, to support our work. We initially, when it first started, it, this wasn't my call, but uh, uh, the, the developers we're working with defaulted to a low res view of all images. And uh, uh, I, I thought it looked bad. And I just thought it was a, an artifact of the, the process we were using because uh, all of our thumbnails are like, uh, what, what are they like, 1080 by 720 or whatever the number is, uh, 720p, and then, um, or, or, you know, whatever. And so then I talked and they were like, oh, no, actually, we, we down it on purpose. It saves money. And I was like, it, it doesn't save that much money. It's like, our website isn't that big. Twitter, however, is. Which brings me to the big news. First, Twitter is ending Twitter blue. That's right. They've stopped it. They've put official tags now on all of the big companies. Once again, they're double verified. Yo, this is chaos. The federal government is threatening Twitter. And Elon Musk says, quote, there is a good chance Twitter will not survive the upcoming economic downturn. Okay, this is bad news. Um, It's bad news because as bad as Twitter is, it's still got a, a there's still a, a, um, an independent libertarian and conservative footprint there. Despite the fact that they've censored many of these individuals, it's still there. TikTok, barely. I mean, it's there. But we're uh, Tim, Timcast IRL got banned from TikTok and uh, for no reason. It's arbitrary. Now there's talk of banning TikTok, which would be good considering China's basically stealing your data. At least that's what's being reported. If Twitter goes, there's still Instagram. Okay, it's a lot harder to share ideas on Instagram. However, I say it's bad only in that context. That's why it's bad. There's still ultimately kind of a good in that I think without Twitter, there's no cancel culture. Seriously, there would be no no uh, left wing individuals who can organize anywhere. Uh, They maybe will go to Mastodon to try and organize their uh, protests where they call up big companies and try and get them to drop sponsorship or something like that. But Twitter is the organizing mechanism. Without it, it's all gone. And considering conservatives are already hobbled, I think um, if you if you view Twitter in a vacuum, right now the left runs rampant and the right is curtailed. So nuking it outright would benefit the right, less the left. Elon's purchase could potentially restore some balance. So losing it would suck now, but it may be that's where we're going. Elon Musk says ending remote work is the only way to save the bird. Oh, okay. Well, here we go. The FTC says we are tracking recent developments at Twitter with deep concern. No CEO or company is above the law and companies must follow our consent decrees. Our revised consent order gives us new tools to ensure compliance and we are pleased to use them. You see, the left is sure angry that there's a Saudi billionaire who owns a piece of Twitter, even though he owned it when it was under Jack Dorsey. So uh, what are they complaining about? They're lying. The real issue is that Elon Musk was probably aware that the U.S. government uses psychological operations, uh, perform psychological operations on Twitter. They use Twitter for this. They run bot accounts. And then Elon came out and said, we're going to get rid of those bots and charge you money. And they went, oh, no, what do we do? It's simple. You use our money to pay the bots. Thanks. Give Elon more money. Or they go after Elon and force him to back down. And that's where we are. Zoe Schiffer reports, Twitter has suspended the launch of Twitter Blue and is actively trying to stop people from subscribing to help address impersonation issues per an internal note. Zoe is the managing editor at Platformer. Uh, Elon, buddy, 
the assumption when you said you were going to ver- verify everybody was that you would be following the typical verification process, which is some people, yes, send in IDs to prove who you are. They'll be, they'll, they'll, you'll get a response. They'll say, hey, we know you're a high profile individual. Prove it. In my case, Vice just, uh, I guess, called up Twitter or they may have emailed them and said, verify at Timcast. And they said, you got it. They're like, he works with us. He's real. We want him verified. For a lot of people, they get uh, abruptly just contacted and are given a verification for being notable and they have to prove it. Not everybody. The assumption that I unfortunately made, mistakenly made, you know what they say when you assume was that Elon was going to actually verify people's IDs. That means if, you know, uh, uh, trash guy 89 was going to request verification, they would say, use your real name and send us proof you are who you say you are and we will give you a blue check. Instead, what Elon did was said, for $8, you can have a blue check. What happened? Tons of people started making accounts like fake Nintendo accounts, fake Tesla accounts, fake Nestle accounts, getting verified and then tweeting nonsense. What I absolutely love about this is that they're bots. They're, it, they're, not, they're not bots. They're spam accounts. They're troll accounts. They're parody accounts. And they're all verified. Elon only made the problem worse. Dude, could have sat down and, and, and thought about this for a few minutes, but maybe his real goal is just to nuke Twitter. Whatever, I guess. Here's what I think should happen. You need to use your real name if you want to be verified. That's it. One of my favorite uh, parody tweets was uh, it was like a Nestle account. And they said, we steal your water and sell it back to you. And it was verified. Very, very funny. That was a good one. Zoe says the announcement was posted on Slack. An update on what we did tonight. Hid the entry point to Twitter Blue. Added the official label for only advertisers. Here is the late, the least. Uh, here is at least one way for you to sign up for Blue. Legacy Blue users can go to subscriptions and upgrade. Seriously, Legacy Blue users. Note two: existing Blue subscribers still have access to their Blue features. Twitter has also disabled Blue from being purchased on Apple iOS. Talk about a disaster. Well, Elon says the company may not survive. You know what it is? All of these big advertisers pulled off and Twitter is bleeding money. Four million dollars per day, I think Elon said. Elon, here's my pitch. Put Twitter into safe mode, as it were. Restrict uh, photos and videos to certain sizes. Drop everything down except for Twitter blue users. People will still use the platform. Transferring text is not expensive. Now, it's expensive to a certain degree for Twitter because of scale. But if they drop down a lot of the higher tech features and tracking and all that stuff, they could solve a lot of this, reducing costs dramatically. This is why Elon fired as many people as he did. Fortune reports a pair of Wednesday night missives seen by the AP marked Musk's first company wide message. Sorry that this is my first email to the whole company, but there is no way to sugarcoat the message. Uh, uh, Musk wrote. Without significant subscription revenue, there is a good chance Twitter will not survive the upcoming economic downturn. We need roughly half our revenue to be subscription. Musk's memo followed a live stream conversation trying to assuage major advertisers Wednesday, his most expansive public comments about Twitter's direction since he closed a $44 billion deal. He said the priority over the past 10 days was to develop and launch Twitter's new subscription service for $7.99 a month that includes a blue check mark next to the name of paid members. The mark was previously only for verified accounts. An executive last week said Twitter was cutting roughly 50% of its staff. Now, the, the other news is that um, Yoel Roth, everyone was like, he's got to go. He's gone. 
He's absolutely gone. Don't know why. Musk told employees that remote work is no longer allowed and the road ahead is arduous and will require intense work to succeed. Twitter hasn't disclosed the total number of layoffs, blah, blah, blah. Cybersecurity expert Alex Stamos, former Facebook security chief, tweeted Thursday that there's a serious risk of a breach with drastically reduced staff that could also put Twitter at odds with the 2011 order from the FTC that required it to address serious data security lapses. Twitter made made huge strides to our more rational internal security model, and backsliding will put them in trouble with the FTC. This is what I want to highlight, especially with stories like this. The emergent phenomenon of capitalist censorship. Now, a lot of people like on the left like to ignorantly critique capitalism because they don't truly understand. But something I've liked to point it out for a long time is that this is an element of capitalism. I know, I know the ANCAPs, the libertarians, they don't want to admit it. They would disagree with me. And so be it. You may disagree. Perhaps I'm wrong. Here's what happens. Someone builds Twitter, right? Twitter happens. People are talking. Everybody's talking. It's running on investment revenue. With investment revenue, it's a free speech wing of the free speech party. They got money in the bank. But eventually that money starts drying up and the investors say, when are we getting a turnaround? And all of a sudden, advertisers say, look, you know, we'd invest more, but that guy's posting weird Nazi stuff. And so they say, okay, okay, we'll we'll get rid of the Nazi stuff. Then you see all the Nazi stuff get banned. And this was back in like, when was this, 2018? Uh, no, no, this is 2016. I said it's a dangerous path to go. And I did an interview where I was like, look, I don't like the alt-right. But shutting down people's speech in a public forum is a dangerous path. So what happens is the advertisers say, we will advertise more if it's brand safe. Instead of finding ways to make it so that ads only appear on certain content, they say, we'll just ban hate speech because it's what the advertisers want. And I don't blame the advertisers. Like, why would Colgate want their ad to appear next to picture from the Holocaust? They would not. However, the problem with Twitter and these companies is that they don't realize what made the platform big was being the free speech wing of the free speech party. And when you start eliminating content because you want to appease advertisers, even if it's deplorable, abhorrent, nasty stuff, it becomes less fun. A downward spiral ensues. Twitter should have focused on an above ground and below ground uh, operation. The below ground is the free speech wing of the free speech party where ads only appear if the advertiser chooses. This is what YouTube has done. And all other ads appear on the above board default section. If content is deemed to be impermissible, it doesn't get removed. It gets dropped down to the not safe for work tier. Readily available to anybody who chooses to subscribe to it. No suspensions, no bans, unless you commit a crime. This would also solve the parody problem. Any account that is trying that, that does parody is instantly flagged and put into the not safe for work category. Or, as I stated, Elon, give him a little gesture cap or like like NewsGuard does. Anyway, here's what happens with Twitter, as I was saying, as I was saying, the advertisers come in and say, we don't want to appear next to this stuff. So Twitter takes the easy path and says, look, activists and the media are ragging on us and advertisers are bailing out. If we don't have this money, we don't have a Twitter. So we have no choice. I know this because I've talked with tech CEOs. I talked with the CEO of Patreon. The general idea conveyed to me by these individuals is if I don't remove one guy, no one gets to talk. I get it. I do. But see, as I stated, the solution is not to permanently remove people. It's to create a speakeasy of sorts. 
The way minds.minds.com approaches it is basically if you violate the rules too much, you get a not safe for work flag where people have to opt in to see your posts. Hey, you broke the rules. We're not shutting down your ability to speak. It's just being restricted. Now, if you commit crimes, child exploitation, incitement, then you're gone. This is the solution, in my opinion. It would have solved all of these problems. What do we do here at TimCast.com? Become a member at TimCast.com to support our work. We on YouTube know that there are certain things YouTube will ban us for talking about. It's stupid. These are not the most egregious things in the world. And so it's, it's not the most relevant. There are certain things we don't like talking about. Uh, but there are certain things people can't say. And I think that's complete BS. But the live show we do, I consider that the above ground. And then TimCast.com is the speakeasy where anyone can say anything they want. And so we do the, the show twofold. On YouTube, you get the full live experience. And then on TimCast.com, you get the uncensored members only. I'd prefer it not to be restricted to such a degree. I'd love, I'd love it if more people heard a lot of our ideas. But truth be told, we're not, all, we're not avoiding all that much. Like the rules are basically like YouTube has rules on election denial and vaccine denial. And I'm like, OK, well, like if they're in the news and there's something to bring up and we want to be safe, it'll, it'll be in the uncensored show. But usually it's just like swearing and insulting people. I don't like that as a reality, but you have to recognize strategy. We had Milo Yiannopoulos on the show. Watch the members only show we did with Milo Yiannopoulos to get an understanding of this debate. Milo basically said, you're neutered. You can't say anything. You're, and, and then he says, you know, I think he brought this up in the members only show. He says, I understand you're willing to say slightly less to reach more people. Simple way. I respect Milo's strategy of being in your face and intense, and he had a profound impact. And the way I explain to people is, look, Milo's been banned. They've removed him from the Internet. Alex Jones, Steve Bannon, they've tried. They, they've got rid of these individuals. We on YouTube follow YouTube's rules uh, to the degree we can, creating a platform as best as we can that welcomes them on to express themselves. How else can you do such a thing? They're still able to speak on their respective alternative platforms. Some have, uh, I think Bannon's audience actually grew. And we can bring them back onto YouTube so long as uh, uh, we continue to operate successfully. And that means I'm not going to nuke our, our show on YouTube or this show for the sake of talking about one thing when there's a thousand things to address and important things to address that can have a serious impact. I won't cede ground in the central battlefield. So long as we're able to operate, we can bring people back on for short periods so they're not completely removed. And then they can promote, like Alex Jones did, band.video. So if you want to listen to what he has to say, he was able to reach through this bridge, this platform. It is an imperfect solution, but it is a strategic one. You can't enter a battlefield thinking a bayonet charge will get you a victory. Sometimes you need to hide in the woods, like during the Battle of, uh, well, I'll, 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 I won't go into any specifics on the Civil War. But, uh, you know, one of the big mistakes made by the, um, I think it was Gettysburg, actually. So I guess we are. The, 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 the South tried to do a bayonet charge, but the, uh, the, the Union's forces had breech loading uh, rifles. They were able to load so quickly that it, it overwhelmed the, uh, uh, the Confederates. Now, if you want to charge in full speed, knowing that they've got, you know, breech loading uh, rifles with cartridges, 
figuratively. I'm using a metaphor from the Civil War. Calm down, YouTube. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Then, I, then you'll find yourself unsuccessful. What you want to do is figure out where, where the battle is taking place. And we're in the battle of ideas. That's what's going on. Can culture and ideas win? What are we doing? We made a music video. Yesterday was the last day for billboard tracking. If you buy the song now, it still helps into the next week. But that's like to do a big PR push constantly. Every single uh, show I do is, is, is tough. So we, we, we did our big push for the first week. Hopefully we crack into the charts and then we're going to slowly start building things out. We made the song because we want to be we want to impact culture. We want to win the culture war where the culture war is being fought. That's my point about Twitter. Twitter is an important culture war battlefield. You don't want to lose that. It's not the end of the world if you get banned. Obviously, Milo still exists. He's doing very well. But you want to make sure that you can, to the best of your ability, stay in the fray. And just because free speech is being routed by Twitter doesn't mean you just give up instantly. You stay on the battlefield in the best way you can until you have no choice. For the time being, we absolutely have a choice. We can fight uh, the culture war by producing culture, by voting. Maybe there will, a time will come where we recognize the culture war is lost or whatever. For the time being, it's not the case. I don't know how we save Twitter. The left is refusing to sign up for it. The right uh, is, but now because of all the impersonation, basically activist attacks on the platform, it's not working. It's crazy to me because I think the solution is actually really simple. And uh, I got to be honest, I'm actually quite offended. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm offended. Because the Babylon Bee and many other conservative personalities could have solved this problem for Elon Musk in 10 minutes if he invited them in. He can do whatever he wants. There are many people who have been on Twitter who have seen the problems and could, could have told him, hey, that won't work. What's he doing? Rolling out verification for anybody who clicks a button? That's insane. It destroyed the verification tab. And now I guess he reverted it. It was, it was a nightmare. And then a bunch of advertisers got mad because now people were impersonating them. Anyone could have seen that coming. But Elon doesn't understand. And so be it. So be it. That's fine. If in the end Twitter just blows up, I really don't care. I think Twitter's bad for a lot of reasons. But I think the best outcome would be Elon fixing and saving Twitter. That'd be great. It can be done. He just needs to cut the bloat. Look, Parler exists. Gab exists. Gab ain't running off $4 million per day. And if they are, I had no idea Torbo was so rich. No, the reality is there's, there's ways of operating this, decentralized ways of doing it, cutting costs, and that's what you need to do. Now, maybe Elon's just being a bit uh, melodramatic. We may not survive. I don't know. We'll see. But they're certainly coming after him. On the other side of things, Rubio and Gallagher, Republicans, want TikTok banned. And they're right to do so. TikTok is manipulating young people, destroying this country. And the Democrats don't care because the Democrats are a product of that, of that destruction. Now, don't get me wrong. The establishment is also garbage too. Republicans. But so long as TikTok is removing ideas of merit and hard work, 
and promoting ideas of laziness and free stuff, that's a recipe for the collapse of the United States. How do you solve it? I don't know. We may be, we, we, we may be uh, off the precipice already because the Democratic Party doesn't care. They're just burning things down. The established Republican doesn't, Republicans don't care either. And then you have the last bastion of hope with Make America Great Again, which involves saying, hey, stop filling our kids' idea, uh, heads with garbage ideas. Well, I don't know, man. I don't know if, it's, if, if, it can, if it can be saved. So the solution I tell people is uh, get out of cities, build a parallel economy, learn how to homestead and be self-sufficient. Because when the collapse happens, the more people who know to survive without assistance, the faster we rebuild something better and merit will win out in the end. That's the only real solution. We'll see, though. Who knows what things will be, how it'll go. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.